guys. Oh, we did it, man. 100 subscribers. I wanted that by week one today. It's Tuesday, September 8th. Had to throw on the Syracuse jersey. 100 subscribers. I fucking love you guys. You guys are all my homies. We're going to keep growing. We're going to go to the moon. and It was your time. Yeah, I had to go out. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we hustlers. Everything must go. You understand what I'm trying to say? We don't hold nothing back. My guys, 100 subscriber episode. Let's go. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, now it's time for a little more of chill vibes. Today I'm going to go over my my guys. These are guys that I'm drafting at or above ADP all off season long. Just wanted to go over all of them in one. Oh, fuck. All of them in one video. Rapid fire fashion. This is going to be like a quick hit. Every single player. More, more jokes than hard hitting analysis. And in the comments, I'm going to link each player where I've mentioned them in videos. And then on those videos, I'll have the seconds where I mentioned that guy. And if you even want to know where I have them ranked on my cheat sheet, there's going to be my draft guide down below. But today it's going to be more of a chill vibe, man. So first up, we got Clyde edwards Alaire, And we know that that big Andy Reid, he's known to churn out those RB1s. Ever since he started coaching in 1999 with some guy named Deuce Staley, who was probably good. I'm just a little bit too young to know who the fuck that is. I, was not e I wasn't even born at that point. But Deuce Staley, and all the way through the list through Damian Williams in 2019, the average Andy Reid RB1 averages 17.4.5 PPR points per game. Now, I think Clyde edwards slots right in into that rookie year Kareem Hunt role. And I'm going to even be bold enough to say right now, that look out for Clyde Edwards-Alert to have that blow-up Thursday night game the same way Kareem Hunt did two years ago. Speaking of young stud backs, we got Miles Sanders. He's my RB8. And last year, he was the RB9 in .5 PPR leagues after Jordan Howard got hurt. Fuck Jordan Howard. He, he, We all knew that he was holding back Miles Sanders. And this is the year for Miles Sanders to giddy up, to take off. We see the splits. He's way better without Jordan Howard. And the Eagles staff has confidence in him. They know that he's a workhorse, a bell cow. And even after that weird leg injury he had in the preseason, they still haven't signed any veteran running backs. So we know that they're going to ride Miles Sanders so the wheels fall off. Whoa, I love this guy. That, he's going to be behind the top 10 offensive line, even though Brandon Brooks is gone. And he has that all-purpose bell cow type skill. Just like Miles Sanders, we have another guy who's quick between the tackles, twitch speed, great receiving skills, all-purpose skill set. And that is... Fat Leo, Leonard Fournette, a guy I've been drafting all offseason. I won't shy away from him. I know he's in Tampa Bay. He gets traded to a better team. There's more scoring opportunities. You just got to wait a little bit on Fournette. He's going he's gonna to sit back, sort of survey the, the scene, let Ronald Jones be ass, and then later on, Leonard Fournette's going to be a, a fine running back. You're able to start him as a top 15-ish type guy. Now, another young king we have is Melvin Gordon. He's the healthiest he's ever been in his career. He has the best O-line he's ever had in his career on the Broncos, and He's used to Austin Eckler in the backfield. He was the RB17 with Austin Eckler in the background. So you're going to tell me that Philip Lindsay is going to give him problems? I'm not buying any of that shit. I think Philip Lindsay is going to be the satellite back. He's worse than Austin Eckler. He's not going to be much more than that. Royce Freeman, I'm going to say this right now. He's most likely going to get traded. And I see Melvin Gordon challenging for those fringe RB1 numbers. 
early in the season behind one of the best O-lines that he's ever had in his career. After Melvin Gordon, we got some more rookie vibes. We got Cam Akers. He's an uber-talented rookie. He's got three-down skill set. He was on the Florida State. Seminoles went crazy over there, even with an ass offensive line, just like he's going to have in L.A. He's been through that before. He was a second-round draft pick. The Rams picked him with their first pick, because I think they shipped off their first-round pick for probably Jalen Ramsey or something else. And Daryl Henderson, he's been hurt all offseason. And Cam Akers, he's going to get that first crack in the Sean McVay offense. So it's Cam Akers' job to lose. He could be that primary back, bell cow back on the Rams if he just doesn't disappoint. And I, I personally am very high on the talent of Cam Akers, and I see him really performing well. Now, I haven't made any videos about him, but I've had him higher on my rankings than consensus, and it's hard to cover every single player. But a guy that I've talked about at nauseum on this channel, Antonio fucking Gibson, man. I made a video about him before AP even got cut. Now AP is cut. Darius Geis has his own problems. Antonio Gibson, size speed demon. He was a running back wide receiver hybrid at Memphis. Guy's a stud. He had like 11 yards per carry. He has the maybe the highest upside in this draft of rookie running backs past day two. Or past the first two rounds, I would say. Now, his best comparable is Joe Mixon and David Johnson. And the Washington football team, they got Terry McLaurin. And then it's nobody. They got Steven Sims, Antonio Gandy-Golden, just a bunch of guys at defenses. There's nobody in opposing defenses locker rooms that are like, man, like that Steven Sims guy, he's a problem. There's no way. It's Terry McCorn, it's no one else. And Antonio Gibson has a skill set to step up and produce big numbers. And I, I don't give a fuck if J.D. McKissick is on the depth chart as the RB1. I'm riding with Antonio Gibson because I love the upside there. And another guy who has some low-key high upside is Benny Snell. He's at my RB52, but I wanted to chuck him in here. Because James Conner, we know he's injury prone. And Mike Tomlin loves to use his bell cow. We remember the years of Rashard Mendenhall. We remember that one time. Remember when Le'Veon Bell, he was holding out. He, was, he had some sort of bullshit suspension. And we saw D'Angelo Williams come in and just produce RB1 numbers for the fuck of it. And Benny Snell is probably my favorite handcuff. I don't own a lot of handcuffs in, in fantasy leagues, but Benny Snell is one of them. If James Conner goes down, Benny Snell's in there and he's going to be a lock and loaded top 18 running back off the bat and he could even be better than that they have a great offensive line they have ben roethlisberger now so love that pickup now it's time for the wide receivers first up we got amari cooper i've been hearing a lot of slander on his name this year it's something to do with i don't know he just has a lot of people don't like amari cooper because they've been burned by him in the past and i love him he's a top five receiver in the league based on talent and his route running that's not up for debate boys i'm telling you that's not up for debate amari cooper he's like that and last year, he did it too. He was the wide receiver three in weeks one through 10 in 2019 before he got hurt. I'm not scared of CeeDee Lamb. There's 190 vacated targets, and it's going to be a really consolidated target share. It's going to be Zeke, Jarwin, the three wide receivers. That's going to be it. So I'm not I'm not scared of there being too many mouths to feed. It's going to be a top five scoring offense, and Amari Cooper is the alpha wide receiver one. Another guy with that alpha wide receiver one skill set, DJ Moore, elite prospect coming into the season. And... Why I, why I'm drafting DJ Moore everywhere is because if he puts up if he puts up shitty weeks, Steve Smith's gonna smack the fuck out of him. He's not playing any games. He finished top ten in targets, yards after the catch, receiving yards, etc. Last year, and he's gonna do fine this year with Teddy Bridgewater. Look out for DJ Moore; he's a stud. Now, I've been talking all offseason about Calvin Ridley. Posted an article about how he's gonna be the next Chris Godwin this year. I, I love his situation in Atlanta. After Julio Jones, it's nobody. It's Calvin Ridley. And last year, Calvin Ridley was the wide receiver nine after Mohamed Sanu was traded. Calvin Ridley, he's going to eat. He's going to feast up. He's going to be a fringe wide receiver one. And he's a guy that I can really hang my hat on. I think that he's going to really produce this year, really prove me right this year. And another guy that I'm really liking around that similar range is DJ Chark. 
He finished as the wide receiver 17 and 0.5 PPR points per game last year. And he battled with bad quarterback play all season long. He had, he had big dick Nick Foles, who we know is not a franchise quarterback. Gardner Minshew in his rookie season, even though he performed pretty well, it's Gardner Minshew, a rookie quarterback. And even with all that, he was the wide receiver 17, like I said. You got to remember, he was hobbled those last three weeks with an ankle, in, ankle injury. And he was the wide receiver eight through week 14 as a sophomore. That that year was pretty much a redshirt year, his his first year. So that's 20, 2018 was pretty much a redshirt year for DJ Chark. And he's going to progress. He's going to get a lot better. And you'll see there's a common theme. I'm targeting these third-year wide receivers. And that's why I have Michael Gallup on this list. Now, like I said, 190 vacated targets, top five offense. And as much as I love Amari Cooper, I love Michael Gallup too because he out-targeted Cooper 8.1 to 7.4 on a per-game basis in 2019. As I said, his targets aren't going anywhere. That's it. Now, next up, we got Deontay Johnson. He's my wide receiver 32. And I think the most important detail is that Big Ben, he gave up porn, man. He's no longer doing that shit. He's no longer beating his meat. He's going to have tons of testosterone, throw a bunch of touchdowns. And Deontay Johnson's a young stud. He led all rookie receivers in receptions last year with 59, and he led the league in target separation. The boy was putting cornerbacks on skates in his first year in the NFL with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph throwing in the football. That's tough. The last wide receiver I'm just going to toss in there, a guy I'm getting in almost every league is Deshaun Jackson. I have him as my wide receiver at 39, and that's, that's a little bit higher than consensus. But I'm telling you, he's going to give you huge boom weeks in those first couple weeks. He's going to have that revenge game in week one. And he's going to be great until he gets hurt. And before that, I just posted a video about my sell highs. I'm looking I'm looking to dish D-Jax before he gets hurt. And that's going to be a great profit you're going to get. Because you're going to get him around that wide receiver 40 range. You can flip him for maybe wide receiver 30 price. So I love that. And let's get let's get straight to the tight ends. You know, this is rapid fire. This is rapid fire. So let's get right into the tight ends. <laughs> yeah, don't put that in. <laughs> just when you thought I was done. You know, I did the running backs, the wide receivers. I'm going to give you the tight ends and quarterbacks. A little bada-bing, bada-boom. So first up, we got Mike Gusecki at my tight end eight, and he's a size-speed specimen. We already know they churn out those size-speed specimens out of Penn State. Maybe some juicing scandal going on there. Who fucking knows? But Mike Gusecki, beast. He was a tight end seven from weeks nine through 17, and you should see improvement in year three. I think this Dolphins team is really going to exceed expectations this year, and I think Mike Gusecki could be one of the key, key components of that. After him, we got another guy that I love. Another one of these big tight ends, we have TJ Hawkinson. He's an eighth overall pick, and I think that he's genuinely one of the best tight end prospects I've ever seen. He has that Gronk-level upside, and he had the most yards by a rookie tight end in game one last year. Look for Matthew Stafford to come out there and sling it to him in the red zone. I'm, I, I don't feel any anything against guys with certain decals on their helmets. I'm not going to say, oh, he's a, a Lions tight end, so I'm not going to fuck with him. No, TJ Hawkinson, I think he's a great candidate to break out this year. And another guy that I like is Chris Herndon. I have him as my tight end 16, and he's an elite, elite company with only five other tight ends to reach 500 yards as a rookie since 2014. I think this was George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, and Noah Fant. So Chris Herndon, he's an elite, elite company in that, and he has no target competition on the Jets. We got Jamison Crowder, Rashad Perriman's been hurt, Denzel Mims been hurt, it's Chris Herndon, and Chris Herndon has been there the longest out of the whole receiving core. So he has that chemistry with Sam Donald. In Chris Herndon, in both of their rookie years, they had a great connection. And the Jets, it pains me to say, as a Jets fan, we're going to be behind in every fucking game. Every single year, the Jets fans, we have a bottom five roster. We have a bottom five roster on paper, and people are still, oh, we can we can make for the playoffs on nine and seven, bro. We're going 
five and eleven, and we're probably getting a top five pick next year. Now I saw I saw Matt Miller's mock draft. I'm hoping that we grab Jamar Chase. Well, let me let me chill with that. Matthew Stafford, I have him as my QB ten. And all you need to know is last year before he got here, he was on pace for 4,998 yards and 38 touchdowns in 2019. So skill possession players only got better. He has Kenny Galladay, he's going to improve. DeAndre Swift in the backfield. He's got TJ Hawkinson, who's going to improve. So everything around him improves. I think the offensive line gets a little bit worse, but I see him obviously not going to get 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns and compete for MVP. He's going to be a solid quarterback that you can start every week. And a guy that I really like for that upside, that MVP upside, is Cam Newton. We know who Cam Newton is. We know Superman Cam. We know the guy who's dabbing and just chucking footballs into the stands. Cam Newton has that kind of upside. He could have top five quarterback upside because he's done it in the past. He was the QB8 in 2018, and he was the QB5 in 2017. In 20, People want to say that it's Cam Newton, he can only do it on the ground, and he can't run anymore. In 2018, Cam Newton, he showed a bunch of promise as somebody that could throw because his wide receiver one was Devin Funches, and he finished number five in true completion percentage, number five in red zone completion percentage, and number five in pressure completion percentage. So you have a better offensive line, and I'm telling you that Bill Belichick is – he is doing godly things in the X's and O's room, in the film room, to really scheme Cam Newton in this offense. He's going to alter things. He's going to have motions. He's going to have read options, wildcat type stuff. I'm telling you, he's going to get really creative with Cam Newton the same way they got creative with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. And last up on this list is Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy from that New England system. And this, I like him as a long shot to win MVP, Jimmy Garoppolo. It would not surprise me in the slightest if he wins MVP. We know he's a skilled quarterback. It's just that the 49ers don't lean on him as often because of they're always ahead in games. Last year, they had crazy game scripts, but I think this year we could see that have some regression. Their defense probably shouldn't be as dominant, and they won't have as many crazy positive game scripts. And they're going to lean on Jimmy G a little bit more to throw the rock and be super productive in 20. Hold on, I'm going to do that. I'm going to redo the last bit. And they're going to lean on Jimmy G a little bit more to throw the rock and really get some passing stats, score some touchdowns, and really be more than just a game manager in 2020. If you made it this far, man, I fucking love you guys, man. 100 subscribers, this is crazy. I wanted to hit it by week one, so that was Sunday. We hit that like five days early. I love you guys. I want to keep growing this community. I want to hit 200, 300, 400. I don't really have a set goal. I would love to be, I'd love to be at like 500 before the season is over. I think that's a great goal, but not something I'm super set on. And it's not really about the numbers. I just think a hundred is a cool milestone and make sure you go down below and subscribe. Make sure we, you tell a friend or somebody, I really want to grow this channel. I really want to have a lot of fun with you guys. And as always, you can go down below you can give me start sick questions, waiver wire questions, anything like that. And I'll respond to any and all comments, man. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ron Stewart underscore. And as always, I'll see you in the next one. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got.